Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Ustrak. I'm here with my special guest, Dr. Marty. Welcome. Well, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I'm on your website, and it's called God Came to My Garage Sale. And your book that is on here, well, you have that book, but you also have True Deceit, False Love, correct? Yes. So which one came first? Um, well, God came to my garage sale was my first, you know, book that I did. It's a spiritual fiction. And what is that a little bit about? Well, it's about an atheist woman, a character that I created uh, that was inspired by real events um, who lost everything because of a life change and um, she ended up having to have a garage sale, but during that garage sale, many miracles happened to help her realize that there was more to this world and she should really start paying attention to signs and synchronicities. We all need to start paying attention to signs. I mean, if we don't pay attention to signs, you go through life blind. Right, right. And I went through life blind for a long time. I mean, I paid attention to the beauty of nature and the wonder mm-hmm. of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until surviving some traumatic experiences that, that really my heart and soul was opened up to the universe's signs and synchronicities. And, and you know, miracles happened. And, you know, I'm just all about goodness and happiness and um, hope and joy and and that just um, got even better once I realized that, you know, I was supported by the universe. Isn't that amazing how things happen like that? We get a life-changing event. It could be a divorce, a baby we didn't expect, a medical thing, uh, losing a job, whatever the big event is that we don't plan for. Mm-hmm. And it opens our eyes to wait there's something else happening here definitely definitely mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those little things is like sometimes you have to go through the worst experience you can create in your mind and then you find it's leading you to the path of joy and you know actually surviving the darkness helps you appreciate the light it does in so many ways. And I can't explain that to people unless you go through it and you look for the signs to give yourself hope. If you stay in the darkness, you're never going to find it. But if you find the signs that lead you back to the light, you will appreciate it so much more. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we cannot control in our world. But we definitely can control how we respond to things and we can control our own outlook. Mm-hmm. We can. I mean, you have to control your thinking. You have to control your mind. Those are two things that is in with in your control. Right. Everything else that happens is not your control, but it's putting you on a path. Rather, is a path that is leading you to darkness or one of light. We don't know. But if you find the ones that lead to light, you're going to be so much happier. Most definitely. And then you have your second book. Right. What is that a little bit about? Well, it's actually the first book in a four book series. Um, It's called True Deceit, False Love. And um, actually, this particular book has 15,555 terms 
on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and parental alienation. Uh, things that I have gone through and numerous other men and women and children have experienced. And so in the healing process, just reading these terms can be very, very helpful. And um, there are some major influencers, researchers, and um, advocates that have supported this book with their wonderful endorsements. Um, and so that was the first book that was put out. And um, there are certainly many more terms than that large number uh, that's in the title because terminology for surviving challenges, um, especially with the domestic family Violence. terrorism, mm -hmm. the terminology gets developed daily as people try to use language to cope with what they've been through. So uh, the second book and the third book will be kind of um, released together. Um, they are acrostic poetry and it's taking some of these terms and just expressing your own thoughts or, or giving information regarding those terms. And the third book is a workbook to help other survivors um, try to use this kind of outlet to, um, to heal. Mm -hmm. uh, as a domestic survivor myself, um, I love books like this because without having the community to heal, you can't do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You can try, but you can't. I'm actually go doing a speaking engagement about this on the 21st of this month of October. Mm, so wonderful. as one of the keynote speakers on domestic violence, and it, we think about domestic violence and it's usually, we think women being beat by men, it's not always that. It's sometimes it's the children's witnessing the parent being abused. Sometimes it's a mental, sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes, you know, there's different stages of abuse. It's not all just physical, and that's what we think. And it's not all women being affected by this. Right. There are many men that suffer, you know, at the hands of a narcissistic abuser. And so it's really not a gender-specific situation. But if you are in a family situation, the, the real losers, the real the, the people that really get damaged by this are the children, the young and the adult children, um, especially if there's parental alienation involved. And it takes years and years to uncover the truth mm -hmm. and to almost deprogram some of these kids that, that have been made to believe that one of their parents, their, their mom or dad, did something terrible to them when in fact that really didn't happen. And, and it really was the other parent trying to get back at the, their ex for leaving them for, you know, finding out some of their deceitful activities, trying to silence them. You know, they just want, they want their targets destroyed. The abusers whether it's a man or a woman, they could be like a predator and their victims are like a prey. And, and when you escape, you don't always escape without incident. Lots of times the abusers ramp up their campaign of denigration 
afterwards for years and years and years, this could go on, whether they've moved on or whether you've moved on, they want to keep you, you know, tied to them um, in trauma and fear. So it's best to hear other people's stories. It's amazing that you're going to be speaking about that this month because just our voices matter and we make, we can make a difference for others that are, are trying to navigate how do I survive this? And uh, it's a process. It's not just surviving. It's how to get yourself where you're not victimizing yourself. Right, right. Because that, that is a major thing with domestic violence. Even if you leave, you start questioning every um, decision you ever make. Am I good enough for this? Can I do this? Am I smart enough for this? Because all that programming from the abuser, and this goes both genders, it stays with you. It's not something you can shrug off. Right, most definitely. And, and I'm glad that you said it's kind of like a programming because you can be a very um, capable, intelligent person, but slowly, if you're in a relationship with a very calculating, malevolent person who is, is out to gaslight you and destroy you and, and get you to question your own reality, um, it does have a lasting impact. And it is definitely a process to, to unpack that and to not only survive, but then to move towards thriving mm -hmm. and, and having, um, you know, just a chance at a much happier, peaceful life. It is. And the thing is, we, even when we get there, we still have that anchor back here, especially depending on the uh, predator that mm -hmm. pulls you back. And it's not that you're not trying to escape them. It's they will go out of their way to make your life miserable just because they think they can. Right. You could be divorced for many years, like, like in my situation, and they, they will still try to reach you whatever way they can. I, you know, I moved thousands of miles away from, from my abuser, um, yet they will use the legal system and the courts to just pull you back in. Even if it's based on lies and frivolous information, they want to engage you. They're very, they're, you know, they really are mentally ill in, in many ways. Um, they are, they have obsessive needs for, for, um, for destroying other people. They just really, you know, they're very sad individuals that, mm -hmm. that can't move on in their own lives. I mean, at the same time, I look back and go, okay, they have counselors. Sometimes a predator will use a counselor to go, oh, woe is me. Sure. And then turn the tables on the victim. And then the counselor will believe the the predator instead of the victim, when the victim finally says, hey, this is what's going on. I need help. Right. Right. Yeah. They're very, they're very skilled. The abusers are very skilled at, at aligning, not only within the family dynamic, the children with them or other family members, but because they have smeared your name to coworkers, friends, neighbors, families, you know, just uh, acquaintances. It doesn't matter. They, they've, they've been working on this for years and years. Um, 
you know, putting seeds of doubt into other people's minds and, and, and they will say outlandish lies, but they'll also um, mix in half truths and, and, you know, something that can be somewhat believable, but it's not the whole story at all, but they are skilled at convincing, like you said, counselors and therapists, but also lawyers and judges and police officers and guardian at litems and, you know, just, they are very, very skilled at that. And, but I, I think with our voices, we are, we are letting it be known some of the characteristics of these predators and what to look for so that it's becoming, um, you know, more mainstream as far as people being able to, to speak up, you know, the abuser will, instill a lot of fear in you and threats. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, you know, you're okay if you're speaking the truth and, and, you know, and shedding a light on, on, on just domestic violence in general, but yeah, they are very skilled and, you know, um, they either won't go to any kind of counseling or if they do, they use it as a, as a manipulation tool. They do. It's, it's, puts the counselor in a bad position because they're trying to help their patient, but at the same time, they are not there for the victim and they're not the counselor of the victim unless it's a joint counseling session. Right, right. So, you know, you can't blame the counselor for, you know, what the rules are, but at the same time, there are counselors out there. There's tools for victims. There's resources for us to get help. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop being so scared to use those resources. That's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, you hear, oh, you don't want to go to a woman's shelter is no better than a homeless shelter. You hear all these negative things and it's not like that. We have to get past these fears and what we hear because who's telling us that you don't want to go there is the people that's manipulating you. Right. Most definitely. You know, there's so much to uncover and to sort through when you have this. For me, I found writing really helped. Um, Of course, moving far away and, you know, starting a new life somewhere else, um, it, you know, was very, was part of the healing process, mm-hmm. but for me writing and creating and, and, um, coming to terms with, with what happened and, you know, that has really helped me. And that's why, you know, I've decided to, to be an author, to, to write about these things. And then in this latest series of true deceit, false love, make it, make my own healing, an avenue for others to heal as well. And that's why I'm incorporating a workbook into um, this acrostic poetry, Uh, because it's really, even if you don't feel you're a good writer and you don't have um, the background in English to, 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 put certain things together, you can definitely write poems because there, there are poems that don't have to have rules and acrostic poetry is very, very easy to follow. And, um, and, and so that could help someone tell their own story on a piece of paper and, and 
that in itself can provide some healing, some validation for themselves. Yes. If it's poetry, writing in journal, um, making a blog that you don't put out to the world because you're not ready. You don't have right. to make your blogs uh, public. You can keep them private, but you know, write them down. Have the words because words have meaning. Words are the most powerful tool in the language of speaking. Most definitely. And, you know, um, one of the people that endorsed my book, True Deceit, False Love, um, you know, was Dr. Jennifer Harmon, um, who has researched parental alienation, which is just such a devastating thing to go through. And um, she, along with some of the other people that endorsed my book, um, mentioned that, you know, words, our abusers in many ways weren't physical and used words or omitted words to create some kind of reaction in us mm -hmm. and some kind of effect. And so words have the power to hurt, but words also have the power to heal. And the words we tell ourselves when we're healing would define how quickly we heal. Right. If we go through and say all these negative things, I'm just, or I'm not, I'm, you know, just fill in your own blanks. You're hurting yourself. When you say, I am wonderful. I am beautiful. I am smart. When you start saying the positive things, you will find a change in yourself. Right. Affirmations have been known to really make a difference in, in people's lives. And, mm -hmm. you know, children and young adults that have been affected by parental alienation have also been gaslit and they've been put down and they've been made to feel that they're not good enough. And that can have lifelong impact on their success and their social life and just their ability to, to be independent and productive. And so affirmations, even for the children in your lives are very, very important, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can, they can read, they, they might not have gotten from you. They probably got a lot of positive comments, but from the other parent, they, they might not have, and it could really have just devastating effects uh, on their self-concept. So affirmations are, are wonderful and living in gratitude mm -hmm. can really make a difference. And, and I just believe that goodness and truth and, and love are wonderful vibrations that we need to embrace and, and make the choice to, to look at our experiences, not so much as um, look at this terrible thing that happened to me mm -hmm. or this terrible thing that's happening to other victims, but look at it as, wow, that situation was almost a blessing in disguise because it gave me the opportunity to make a difference and change who I surround myself with and how I, how I choose to conduct myself. Exactly. So, yeah. So the journey, the journey can be a very positive one if, if you focus on the positive. It is. You take 10 minutes of doing affirmations, positive affirmations. 
and it changes something in your brain and you Mm -hmm. start seeing little things, little signs to lead you to more hope. Yeah. And, you know, when you let go of negative people in your life, whether it's a, a, an abusive spouse or whether you change a job and you, you know, cause you had a toxic work environment or, or whether you even had a close friend that you found out was betraying you or deceitful. When you let go of the negatives in your life, it makes room for more positive people and situations to come into your life. You know, you have to have your positive. If you don't have your positive, you don't find your positive. You're always going to be within your own mind and that self-doubt. So we do a lot of things as survivors. We do a lot of things as mentors to find that light for people Mm -hmm. because they need just that one glimmer of hope to find the next glimmer. Mm -hmm. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I talk about domestic violence so much that it's one of those things we have to, as a society, put a light on. Yeah. Can't keep it in the shadows no more. Right. And, you know, and victims do struggle with just moving on. I'm I'm sure there are some people that say, why do you need to talk about it so much? Mm -hmm. But, but you do because it's, it's, it, it took a long time for you to realize what you've gone through and just, you know, uncovering the truth and realizing, you know, that not all people have good intentions and, right. and want the best for you. It, it's a definitely a process, but most people that have gotten to a certain point um, have to help others because that's just, we're good people. We're empathetic, loving souls. And we, we want, um, we want others to be happy and to, to, uh, live a beautiful life as well. So our voices matter. It's yeah. very important. And, and the abusers want you silenced. They do not want the truth coming out. Um, they do not want their mask slipping their false persona that they have, kind of, you know, put out to the world um, where they've gotten so many, it worked for so long where they got so many others to believe them, Um, you know, and and lots of times these abusers are pillars of the community, you know, they are well-respected, but what they do in public and how they conduct themselves to outsiders is very much different than how they treat, you know, their spouses or their children. Right. So you never know what's going on behind someone's closed doors. Not at all. Yeah. There's little words we use to say we need help or little micro um, facial expressions, as my friend calls them, that says, I'm not okay, but I'm trying to smile and I say I'm okay and I'm not. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to recognize that because one person saying, hey, let's go over here for a little bit. Find, you know, when someone's actually smiling, if you pay attention to the micro expressions, you might be saving a life. How many times do we hear in domestic violence is turned to a very final degree? Oh, yeah. No, they want you dead. And they want you, you know, 
physically dead. And, and even if you are dead, they still wouldn't stop the smearing and, mm -hmm. you know, keeping up this, their, their victim false mm -hmm. image. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, um, there are many domestic abuse um, survivors that have experienced the threat, whether it's direct or indirect, mm -hmm. of their own safety and security. There are. There are many sick individuals out there. So There are more sick and um, I shouldn't say there's more, but I think we're getting the spotlight on them. So it's we see it. We see right. it more. Right. It's not right. that there are more. There's a lot of good people out there. Yes, there are. Sure. It's just we put the spotlight on the negative because light is supposed to chase the negative away. Right, right. And, you know, that's happening without getting into a whole nother topic. It's mm -hmm. happening a lot in our world right now. A lot of people look at the the absolute devastation and corruption and deceit that mm -hmm. is going on right now in our world and realizing that we're really in a kind of a spiritual warfare of good versus dark. And so slowly, you know, hopefully the extreme damage, you know, there's already been extreme damage done, but hopefully not even more will happen before the, the truth can be exposed with. And, and so really a lot of what people are even experiencing right now can be compared to a domestic violence situation because, you know, you're dealing with um, uh, backstabbers, you're dealing with uh, liars, you're dealing with um, alienation, you're dealing 11. with, yeah, just all of these things, you know, losing your, your, your safety and security, losing, right? you, know, you have to do what the abuser wants you to do, or you lose something else. And right, right. I mean, so our, our beings are being, you know, like, so, so those of us that have experienced domestic violence, are, are maybe even more equipped to be able to handle kind of what's been going on because, you know, we've lived through the fight or flight responses. We've lived, you know, with questioning the reality of, of all of it and going through all the stages of grief that happen when, when you lose, you know, you know, who you are. So, but, but I, I firmly believe goodness goodness and truth will prevail in general and and especially for people that have survived you know the trauma that abusers will you know inflict on you exactly but yeah. we are almost out of time so where can our viewers and our listeners find you well, I, I'm not on social media, um, just I wanted to spend more time writing. So my website is uh, the title of my book. So it's God Came to My Garage Sale. Okay, so www.GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. And there are there's menu tabs there that you can read about the different books that I've been involved in and my new series, True Deceit, False Love. And um, right now, this book is out, you know, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, as well as my publisher, which is Balboa Press and Hay House. Um, but all of that you can find on my website and um under the happenings tab, you can see my own speaking engagements and 
podcast interviews and book signings and that type of thing. So to check me out, go to my website. Well, well, that's wonderful. And again, I've been looking at your website while we've been talking and everything there is wonderful tools and wonderful books. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's good to have these discussions and shed light on all of these topics. It is. We all need different topics and we need to shed light on so many things. But for all of our readers and our listeners, happy reading.